What's up, chefs? I'm Julia London, and welcome to the Shade Judah Podcast. So one of my favorite snacks is the grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, it's so simple to make, and it takes so little effort and ingredients. It's like zombie apocalypse food. I like to get some butter in a pan, throw down some slices of bread, and some cheese of your choice. But I like to mix it up a little bit. I put Gruyere and honey, the perfect combination. A little bit of tartness from the Gruyere and that sweetness from the honey with the crunchy bread. But as I'm cooking the grilled cheese, I always wonder, I mean, don't you ever think about it? How the cheese gets all melty and stringy, but then the, the bread gets so crunchy? Like, what is heat doing to our food? Does all kinds of different things. That's my mate Dan. You remember him. So, Dan. Yes? Um, what does heat do to our food? So I think what we should start off, we need to understand what heat is. Uh, and really simply, everything's made of atoms and molecules, right? And atoms and molecules, they vibrate ever so slightly, right? Really tiny little vibrations. And the more energy they have, the more they vibrate. And that's what we experience as heat, right? So the more vibration in these molecules, the more heat we would say it had. Uh, and heat uh, can do a few different things to materials generally. So, uh, of course, the one big thing we'll all be familiar with is it can change solids into liquids. It can melt stuff and it can turn liquids uh, into gases. It can boil things. Uh, and when we're cooking food, that's what we're nearly always doing. We're changing something maybe from a solid to a liquid or from a liquid to a gas. Uh, so it kind of depends on what the food is you're talking about. But pizza is a really great example because two of these changes are happening at the same time. So our cheese on the top of the pizza, that's going from pretty solid to a liquid, right? It's melting, or certain parts of it are. Like cheese is quite a complicated thing, but parts of it are melting, so it's becoming soft and stretchy. If you overcook that pizza, some of the liquid in your cheese completely boils off, right? It goes from a solid, uh, sorry, it goes from a liquid to a gas, leaving you with that crispy, crusty stuff behind, which a little bit of is quite nice, but if your whole cheese turns into that, yeah. it's not so nice, right? Um, but the bread, so even though we might think, oh, okay, so the bread's, like the dough, is pretty soft, right? Maybe it's close to being a liquid and, yeah. and it ends up being hard. So that seems like it's a liquid going to a solid. But what's actually happening is some of the liquid, the water in your dough, is boiling off. It's becoming a gas and it's leaving the bread, leaving a solid behind. So the same thing actually that's happening to the really overcooked cheese. So we're boiling the water out of the dough, drying it out and leaving behind this dry bread right not totally dry you want a bit of moisture inside yeah but of course we know the outside of the bread the crust that's really dry because that's the most exposed to the heat so that loses the most moisture whereas the inside manages to keep a little bit of the moisture so the inside of a nice bread it's kind of kind of soft and moist yeah that's a very interesting um thing to say about pizza because one of my favorite places to go for pizza is home slice nice and they do amazing pizzas Good. one of the things that amazed me is that the pizza is ready under two minutes. Sweet. So does the level of heat impact the speed of how something cooks? I understand that more heat equals time difference. Yeah, but you're, because different foods, you don't always want, you can't always just turn the heat up, can you? No. Right? You don't, if you're cooking um, a, 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 a gammon 
big lump of gammon, right? Mm-hmm. You want to cook that slowly, right? Your slow roast pork, right? You're yeah. doing that slowly. You can't just, oh, well, if I double the temperature in the oven, I'll cook it in half the time. It doesn't work like that, right? So now we have to think about the way heat transfers through things or from thing, one thing to another. Yeah. So we have three transfers of heat. We've got conduction. This is when one set of vibrating molecules that are hot, they're big vibrations, come into contact with a cooler set and physically they're in contact so they make them vibrate more, right? So that's conduction, heat conduction. Then we have convection and convection is what happens in a fluid. So that's a liquid or a gas. So the hot bit starts moving around because it's hot and hot things get less dense and that means they tend to float upwards, right? So let's say we're in a room and the radiator's on, the radiator makes makes the air around it hotter and it floats up to the top of the room and that's going to push colder air down towards the radiator which gets heated up. So the room, uh, the air in the room spreads around. This is convection, okay? That's what's happening inside of an oven, right? Or a pan of boiling water, right? That water, there's convection happening in it. And then the last one is radiation. So this is a really hot object, like the sun is a great example, gives off heat radiation or infrared light. This is like how your grill would work, right? Your grill's really, really hot at the top and it radiates the heat down onto your food. So the big important one for cooking food really, although we can use all three of those to make our food hot, within the food it's normally gonna be conduction, right? So let's take our pizza, right? The outside of the pizza gets hot and then the heat starts to conduct through our dough. And we want that heat to get all the way through our food to cook the food all the way through. Now with a pizza, nice and flat, right? Really thin, so the heat gets all through that really quickly, really easily. So that's an example where, yeah, if you make it really, really, really hot, which are really great pizza ovens, they get up to hundreds and hundreds of degrees, they can cook their pizzas really quickly because the heat can get through it really easily because it's very thin. When you've got a big lump of meat, your big uh, pork joint or, or, or something like that, the heat's gotta get, it's gonna take time for the heat to get through. So cranking it up really hot on the outside is gonna make the outside of it, the surface really hot because that's getting conducted, convection, radiation, it's all happening to the outside, but it's conducting through the meat towards the middle and that can only happen at a certain pace. So it doesn't, if you make the outside really, really hot, it, that's gonna get burned long before the inside even gets cooked at all. So, you know, your, your classic terrible bit of food would be burnt on the outside and still frozen in the middle. Yeah, that's <laughs> a very, very bad day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, when you heat things up, what happens on like a molecular level? Sure. I understand when you melt things and freeze things, everything gets tighter yeah. or gets more energy, but does that principle still apply to, for instance, cooking steak or um, making a pizza, for sure. instance? So uh, let's use the pizza as an example. Inside of our dough, really really simply let's say we've got molecules from the flour and molecules from the water the two essential ingredients of your dough so they're both going to con- they're both going to increase their vibration their heat right as we add heat in they get more energy they're going to start vibrating and the first thing that's going to happen is that water molecules they're going to vibrate so much they're going to move from being a liquid into another state a gas they're going to become steam and they're going to leave Uh, the dough and that's what dries the dough out so that's what's happening there those molecules are changing their state of course solid liquid or gas Um, whereas in the cheese uh, 
that's a bit more complicated. There's a few different things going on in cheese, but essentially those molecules um, are getting more energetic and they're starting to relax. Their bonds aren't so tight anymore, so they're loosening up and they're getting closer to being a liquid. Uh, and that's why your cheese is going to spread out. You know, you can put a nice big lump of mozzarella on there and then it kind of pulls out as it melts. Um, yeah, so the molecules there, the bonds are changing. Um, what was the other food you mentioned? Oh, um, steak. steak, yes. So in a steak, we've got... Uh, these fibrils. So inside of a steak, you've got fibrils, which are these tubes of liquid. There's what they uh, what make up your muscles, uh, and then there's fat as well. So the two things happen there. The heat makes the fat melt. So those molecules, they're getting more energetic, uh, and they're starting to loosen up and get further apart from each other, become a liquid. And the juices inside of the fibrils are getting released because the fibrils are starting to break down. So I guess their molecules are possibly actually weirdly tightening up and uh, releasing the juices from outside of them. I think that's probably more a change in the cellular structure. Cells, we often think of cells and molecules being a similar size. They're really not. Cells are massive compared to a molecule. You know, there's, there's uh, just so many molecules inside of a cell. Uh, so the cells are actually breaking down because of the way the molecules are changing and because the cells are breaking down, the fibrils are breaking down and that's what's releasing the juices out of the steak. Psst. Yo, guys, while I've got your attention, I'd like to ask a huge favor. If you enjoy listening to Shade Judah, please head over to my page on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. We can give the show a nice review. It's really helpful in getting others to listen and enjoy Shade Judah too. Like when you make a steak and you put it on a hot griddle pan, you could see the color change. And I'm wondering if the heat yeah. does has anything to do with that. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the other thing that heat can do is encourage chemical reactions. And the big chemical reaction in cooking food is something which I hope I'm pronouncing right. It's French, uh, the Maillard reaction. Uh, and this is where sugars and amino acids that are in nearly all of these foods are reacting with each other. There's a really complicated bunch of chemical reactions happening in a kind of chain. Uh, but eventually they are producing this brown color that we see in all kinds of food. So what I understand by the uh, rearrangement thing is that Amino acids, it's like a long string inside of an enzyme. And a bunch of enzymes make up a molecule. Molecules make up cells, right? So the amino acids um, in their structure create what things look like. So I'm assuming that the heat, the energy that the heat is transferring to the amino acids, from my understanding, creates a... I don't want to say combustion chain, but a chain of... Not exactly, no, but I think you're right. It's the heat is encouraging these chemical reactions to happen. So, yeah, our heat is physically changing uh, the, you know, the state of some of the things in our food, the solids, the liquids, and the gases, uh, and it's encouraging these chemical reactions as well. And I suppose the very last thing that, that heat is also doing is making lots of our food safe to eat because it's killing off the, any bacteria that might be on stuff, which is why it's so important to cook things like meat. All right, chefs, the kitchen is closed for this episode. You can find out more about this episode in the show notes on iTunes or Stitcher. I also have a blog where you can check out my ideas about cooking, recipes, and videos at www.judalondon.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at judalondon. Today's episode was produced by me and my mom, Kara Smith.
Audio recording by Tamash Casper, and my intro music was composed and produced by Alvaro and Zalora. Special thanks to Dan Plain, the awesome science communicator at the Royal Institution. Thanks for listening to Shay Judah. I'll be back again soon with another episode. But in the meantime, you can keep up to date by subscribing to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts.